Okay, uh, welcome everybody to another edition of Drunk Agile. Unfortunately, I think tonight is going to be Dry Agile um, yep. because we are, we are sans whiskey. This is, uh, yeah, Pratik has a water, I have a water. This is, it's, it's just not a good day in the neighborhood tonight. So we do not accept any responsibility for how good or probably how bad this, this next episode is gonna be because we, we can't be drunk while we're doing it. So anyway, as always, I am your host, Daniel Vacante. With me is my friend and colleague, Pratik Singh. And behind him, the star of, the, a star of every Drunk Agile show uh, is, is Nisha. <laughs> <laughs> she's as active as she always is so when we la when last we left off again assuming that we're doing these in orders when we left last we left off uh we're kind of getting back to the basics of you know how do, how, how do you start with flow um and and how do you really practice flow so in a couple a couple of episodes ago we talked about you know where where do you start some of the things to consider when when you're starting in terms of visuals visualizing and defining your workflow um and then I think in the last show, we talked a lot about actively managing items in progress. A lot of people think that in Kanban, all you do is you limit work in progress and okay, that's, you're good enough. And that's, that couldn't be further from the truth. Uh, so we spent a lot of time talking about the active management of, of items in progress. Well, tonight is the, uh, the third in the trilogy, you know, if you will, um, the, the final final leg of the three-legged stool, which is improving workflow. So once you've established a workflow and once you're operating it, um, it doesn't stop there because we, we constantly want to be improving. We, we, we constantly want to get better. Um, so with that, Pratik, I don't know, do you, want to, do you want to start us off with some thoughts in terms of what is, what is improving a workflow? Where, and how, how do we do that? Why do we care? Yeah. And, um, to, well, to begin with, everything that we've talked about so far, right, it's been centered around or again, defining that workflow and operating it. So because you have a definition of workflow and you're operating it, if, if there are problems in that workflow, they are in one of those two areas. It's either in, we, as we started working through things, we figured out that we defined something incorrectly, or we figured out there's something wrong with our policies with which we are operating this workflow. So those, those would be the places I would start looking at to, to go, okay, if we have to improve this, let's start here. But yeah, let's, let's, let's take first things first, because this is something we mention a lot in our trainings. Um, if, if, you, if you did go through a training or if you just designed a board on your own, um, it's one of the things that we point out a lot is that first initial shot of, of your board, of your visualization is great, but you have to recognize that it's probably wrong. Right, and it's not wrong because, like, like we say, it's not wrong because you suck. Um, it's just wrong because your your information when you're designing the board, your information is imperfect, and you are, you are going to gain information as you as you operate it. So, um, if you've designed a board, if you're doing Kanban and you designed a board, say six months ago or twelve months ago, and your board right now looks exactly like it did six months ago or twelve months ago, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> I don't know how to say it any anything else than that. So what? what so Pratik, tell us what, what might be some clues when you know you're looking at your board that huh maybe maybe this visualization should should change. Maybe this is not really working out the way that we think it it, it should. Yeah, uh, that's the, the first again. The first thing was defining workflow, looking at this thing, and and you if you see constantly see 
cards stacking up in one area. If you constantly see the same type of word getting blocked, if you constantly see, um, I don't know if you're using say avatars to represent people and constantly see that this one person is holding up everything else because they are the one everyone else needs and has the siloed information. Um, your, your board is going to scream at you those things. It's all, we have 10 cards active, seven of them are sitting here. So as, as you see those things, it's, it's imperative that we go in and start making some changes, some tweaks to the policies. And, yeah, and you, have to be, <clears throat> you have to be really, really careful. Because this is, I mean, like, like a lot of the teams we work with use JIRA. And to, to your point, whenever JIRA, especially if you've set work in progress limits fairly aggressively, mm -hmm. uh, whenever you violate work in progress limits in JIRA, it'll turn the whole column red. Well, the, 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 well, that's great because that's a great visual indicator that, hey, something's wrong here. We need to do something about it. The problem with that is if every time you walk up to the board, that column is red, you quickly become blind to the fact that you've got yeah. a blind column. But the board is screaming at you that there is some improvement opportunity here that, that, that needs to be done. This is, this is a little anecdote. You just reminded me of this. I remember um, the coffee station at work where, where, where we used to make coffee. Uh, pretty much daily was just behind this particular team and i remember making while i was making coffee um seeing one of the team members uh, pick a card from a column that was not red and move it into progress into a column that was red the team was so used to the column being red that they had literally gone colorblind to it <laughs> like if it's it's always red. That doesn't necessarily mean anything. Yeah. And so this this is actually. I mean, we should, we'll probably do a whole other talk just on this. But this this is a concept that we we come to refer to as inept and inept. Right? So when you when you think about <laughs> improving a workflow, most people will kind of default to kind of the Scrum way of thinking about things. And, and Scrum talks a lot about inspect and adapt, which is great, right? I, I, don't, I don't mean to sound, make that sound like it's bad. That is, that is actually, actually absolutely what you should be doing, inspect and adapt. Um, the problem is, is most people, when they inspect, they see the wrong things, and when they adapt, they change the wrong things. And so we, we call that um, you know, inept and inept. And, and, and your, your anecdote is a perfect example of that. The board was screaming at the team that there's something wrong and it's kind of telling them exactly what should change, but they completely ignored it um, and kind of kind of went on business as usual. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's the other side of it, the other inspector, inept and inapt side of it, which is, oh, it's red? Well, we can just raise the, it probably is telling us we need to raise the whip limit. That yeah. would make it not red. So, yeah, so, I mean, um, there's when, when we talk about improve, improving your workflow, uh, there's the there's the adjusting work in progress limits. Mm -hmm. There's the changing the policies, the exit criteria for for the columns. There's the potentially eliminating columns. You know, mm -hmm. hopefully, hopefully not adding them. I mean, certainly you should add them if you think it's warranted. Um, but but removing columns, you know, changing the names of columns. You know, it, like I said, if if your board looks like it did six months ago, it's probably not. Um, you're probably not doing it right. Can you um, talk to us a little bit about um, why why it's dangerous to add a column on your board as an improvement? Why is why is that dangerous? And why why do teams always want to run to that one 
But like, let's put in a, we, we don't get to see where code review is happening in our workflow. So we want a code review call. Why, why is that potentially dangerous? It's, I, I think this, this, this stems from the, the, the misinformation that's out there that Kanban is all about visualizing everything. And, and it is, it is to a good extent about visualizing, but it's, it's about visualizing so that you can understand and improve. Um, it's not to say that every little step that you take needs to be visualized. Um, you won't, you won't visualize I am typing code right now. Then I am checking in code right now. You won't necessarily do those things, but that's, that's besides the point. That's, that's kind of why I think teams go towards it. They go towards it because Kanban says visualize. So let's visualize everything. But the, the, the adverse effect of adding more columns than necessary. And I don't know what the right number of necessary columns is, uh, is that it's an, it's, it's an excuse to inflate whip. Every column that you add, you'll probably not necessarily, but probably put a whip limit on it. And as an, as an effect, what you'll end up doing is the total whip across the board is probably keep going to keep growing. Um, yeah. it, it ends up acting as an excuse to inflate whip. Right. And so that's, that's why, that's why we, we, you know, we, we, we try to encourage teams to re reduce the number of columns. I mean, and, there's, there's absolutely, by the way, there's absolutely nothing wrong with a to-do, doing, and done board. I'm not mm -hmm. saying that that's the perfect end state, but there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, but the, the, the kind of the antidote to what you're talking about is, you know, I, I think what a lot of people fail to realize is one of the biggest reasons why you may have, you may have modeled multiple columns on a board is usually a column is put in, you know, a, a column represents some type of handoff, you know, mm -hmm. from one specialization to another. Um, and ideally what we're doing is, as much as possible, eliminating those handoffs. We want to eliminate those handoffs either through, you know, better generalization or automation or other improvements, whatever they are. We want, we want to eliminate those handoffs as much as possible, not add in more as, as more columns on our board. That's, that's the exact opposite of, of really, I think, what, what we're doing. Right? Yeah. And, and another adverse effect is many a time these are columns where people just push work to just so they can pick up new work. Mm. The kind of, it, becomes a point of like, as you mentioned, code review, like, yeah, someone has to review my code. I'm not going to sit around and wait for it. I want to pick up the next thing now. Yeah. Or, or the fan favorite blocked column. Let's have a blocked column. <laughs> and, um, and maybe we need another blocked column. Uh, okay. Right. So that, that's, that, that's visualization. What about, uh, what about, uh, what, uh, what about metrics? I mean, is, is visualization the only place that we, where we can see? Yeah. So I think, I think the things we talked about with limits, visualization policies, that's, that's inspecting the definition of the workflow piece. Um, now let's, let's, let's inspect the active management piece. How well are we doing with that? And that's where um, our favorite charts like scatter plots come into play, right? Let's, let's, let's take a look at how long things were taking. Um, is this, is, were these as long as we expected them to take or were they taking much longer? Does that point towards, are we not managing our work appropriately? We need to change some policies around how we manage our work on a day-to-day -day basis. Yep. And you know, you, 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 I hate to say it, but you, you, you know, you bring up a good point. And I don't, I don't know if this is, if this is another inept and inept topic or another topic all on its own. But um, specifically, the scatter plot. We talk about looking at metrics for improvement. Um, there, there's a reason why we advocate for the for the scatter plot. I know a lot of people have been told like a cycle time histogram is is the way to go. 
Um, but there's a reason, there are lots of reasons why we ad advocate for a scatter plot. Um, for, uh, to me, chief of which is, and this is going all the way back to Walter Sheward, is whenever you have time series data, and cycle time is time series data. Whenever you have time series data, generally speaking, a histogram is a very, very poor way to visualize the data. And the reason that's important is because when you have time series data, the time at which you collected that data is very contextually relevant, is very contextually important. And you lose all that time context. The second you move to a histogram, you, move, you lose all of that time context. When we talk about improvement, we need to know, hey, between these two weeks or in this month, look at all this funky stuff that went wrong, and we need to talk about that, right? Um, that's, to me, to me that's, that's, that, that's why a scatterplot, when, when you're looking at improvement, a scatterplot is so, so, so much better than a histogram. Yeah, you're, you're robbing your data of context. Yeah. When you're looking at that, man. it's like, uh, the, the immediate thing that came to my mind as you were talking through that was, if we plotted, for example, um, the Earth's temperature, like, or if we plotted that on a histogram as opposed to, you know, a, a time series scatter plot or, or, or a line chart for that matter, it'll be completely out of context. You, you completely lose the fact that it, it would, nothing would look wrong. It would look like it's all the same, all the same bars across the board. Yeah. Yeah, I wish I wish I could remember the exact quote that Short gives a wonderful quote in in his book about um, about why not to use Instagram. Maybe maybe in post, I'll try and look it up and I can I can flash it up as a as a subtitle on this. I'm I'm too lazy. I'm not going to do that. But you know, you're not going to do that. That's okay. Yeah, it's, it's, you know. it's 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 nice to say that. There's, I, that there's, there's the greater chance of Nisha doing that. <laughs> <laughs> She's doing it right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so that's. Uh, that's the scatter plot. I mean, what else? What else can we? What else can we look at? What are? What's maybe some other metrics charts that we can look at? Well, there's, uh, there's, if 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 you were to look at it the same way, you could look at look at a throughput chart, just a throughput run chart to see what has has there been a been a great uh, change in overall. Where is it coming from? Because because it could be it could be that your cycle time held steady, but there were major changes on the team that. You know, you lost people, you gained people, whatever. That 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 changed. That changed in effect how how fast you were, how many things you were getting done. Yep. So, you know, sorry, go ahead. No, it's the same thing with the whip run chart. You you could look at how how um, how your whip has changed over time. Again, it might not be evident from a cycle time scatter plot. It mostly will be, but it might not be just because you could have the composition of the team could have changed. Yep. Um, I, I'm sure a lot of you out there, a lot of you flow people out there, if you're listening, all three of you um, that are listening <laughs> to this, 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 uh, watching this video right now, uh, we're probably maybe expecting us to say something about a cumulative flow diagram. And um, don't, don't get me wrong, I, I, uh, the cumulative flow diagram is, I think, simultaneously my favorite chart and my least favorite chart. It's kind of the Schrodinger's cat of, you know, <laughs> of, of, of charts. Um, it's, it's my favorite chart because of all the information that is just absolutely packed into it. Um, but you can see, you can, you can see the interplay of all of the three flow metrics simultaneously, immediately. It's, it's just a wonderful, wonderful thing. Uh, but because of that, you know, there's, there's, there's very little tooling out there that number one will calculate a, a cumulative flow diagram properly. 
Uh, but then number two, because it is so dense with information, people simply don't know how to read it. You know, they, they get confused when, when they're looking at it, you know, and they, and they, they kind of get overwhelmed. Um, and so that's why we, uh, you know, I know, I, hopefully I can speak for you, you and I always recommend looking at some of these other charts first, you know, a, a scatter plot, a throughput run chart, a whip run chart, you know, th things like that that are a little bit more focused, um, a little bit more obvious what's, what's going on. And only when you get really, 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 really good at this stuff can you look at the cumulative flow diagram. And the paradox is when you get really, really, really good at this stuff, you may not even need the cumulative flow diagram. So something to think about, something to think about. I want to just take this back a little bit to, to something we had mentioned earlier, um, the inspect and adapt piece. You'd mentioned that. And, and um, I think we've, we've, we've found out over time that many folks apply that to their product, but don't apply that to their process. And, and if you ask us, we, we believe, thoroughly believe that it's, it's as important to inspect and adapt your process as it is to the product you're creating through that process. Um, I think at some point, I'm sure this was intended by some point, it feels like it got lost that folks started applying inspect and adapt only to the product they were creating as opposed to how they're running the process as well. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that point can be underestimated or overestimated. I don't think it can be either. I don't think it'd be over, overemphasized. Maybe that's what I'm looking for. I don't think that point can be overemphasized. Because uh, when, I, when I first got involved with the, the Scrum community, um, you know, when we were developing PSK, I was constantly talking, you know, Scrum people and I were constantly talking past each other because they were seeing inspect and adapt from the product perspective. I was seeing inspect and adapt from the process perspective. Both, both are important. Um, you know, I don't, I don't want to say one's necessarily more important than the other, but I know where I would start. Um, uh, but, but, that's, but that's just my bias. So it's, it's crucially important to know inspect and adapt. You're absolutely right. Inspect and adapt is not just for the product. Um, it's, it's so much more for the process. Yeah. And then, and then every, every adaptation, every evolution of, that, of your process is an experiment. So uh, just because something worked once doesn't mean it'll continue to work. And as, uh, even, even as we've talked about in the past about small working and small batches and all that stuff, it's, it's the same thing. Once, once you have done this big adjustment to, to define your workflow, after that, as you play with things, as, uh, you're literally doing that. That's what you're doing. You're playing with things to find out uh, where, where are we headed next. And that, that's another critical point, because I think a lot of people, especially because we were just talking about Scrum, a lot of people think in Scrum that you have to wait to the end of the sprint to have the retrospective, and, and or worse, that you can only do a retrospective once, and it has to be at the end of the sprint. Um, that's not technically what the Scrum Guide says, or at least it's not, it's not how I interpret the Scrum Guide. The way, the way that I would say is Scrum says you, you have to do it at least once you have to make sure during the sprint that you've done it at least at least once there's nothing to stop you from doing it more than once and we we talk about this all the time this idea of of moving to more continuous based practices you know so we've talked about continuous forecasting we've talked about continuous delivery well now we're talking about continuous improvement i mean don't necessarily wait till the end of if you're doing scrum don't necessarily wait to to the end of the sprint to make an improvement if your board is screaming at you that an improvement is warranted. 
yeah, you could, your, your stand-ups essentially could be mini retrospectives. Um, a friend, a friend of ours, uh, Frank Vega, you know, it's, it's, it's a technique that I learned from him. I mean, I guess this is back when teams were co-located again. So for a historical perspective, we are doing this in, in, in the COVID world. Hopefully maybe, maybe this COVID world is finished by the time you're watching this video, but, uh, when teams were co-located and using physical board, Frank, Frank Vega's, um, one of his favorite techniques was to have a sheet of paper right next to the board. And he would have, he would have kind of a, an informal whip limit on that. But whenever, whenever a team member spotted a, an improvement opportunity, they would go write it up on that sheet. And whenever they would get to, you know, two or three things, mm -hmm. it would stop. The team would stop. I'm like, okay, let's, let's, let's talk about these improvements and let's make sure we don't get too far without, without handling these improvements. And it didn't matter where you were in the sprint. It didn't matter where you were in the release. It didn't matter. It's like once, once you got to that limit of things that we need to improve, you improved them. I think it's a wonderful, wonderful approach. Something something similar that 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 we have experimented with is the just in time retrospective. As as soon as something as soon as an, a work item closes that took a lot longer than we had expected it to take, let's bring together the folks who worked on it. What did we learn from this, and then disseminate that information to the rest of the team. Yep. So I know. Sorry. So we we covered we covered. Um, uh, updating the definition of the visualization and definition of workflow. Um, we've talked about improving um, how we operate the workflow. What else? What else is there to, to say about just, just generally improvements um, that, that we haven't covered yet? That's yeah. not inept and inapt stuff for maybe, for maybe the next, <laughs> yeah. maybe, you know, maybe that's what we should do is next time dive, do a deeper dive into it. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm finding it hard to, pick up anything right now just pro probably because we're not having whiskey um the, I'm, I'm, i know your I, brain doesn't work as well if you don't have a, I, have it a just drink doesn't. It's just, <laughs> i don't know what that's about <laughs> we tried so here this is this is the perfect example we tried the experiment yeah and I, I was gonna realized say. <laughs> that again this, i guess i guess this works now you, your, many of your experiments won't work. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know about the rest of you, but I, I find us much more interesting when we're yeah. drinking. This, right? This uh, is yeah. pretty much the only way I find us interesting. <laughs> <laughs> like Nish's back was like, shut up already, really. Like, uh, are we, are we done yet? Yeah, I, it, it's my, my brain isn't functioning the way it usually does without the whiskey. But so yeah, really, I, I, to, to me, those are the two major areas. The, 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 this, this, this third part of the definition of Kanban, essentially, for me, is how do you uh, positively affect the other two parts? Uh, how, do you, how do you improve the other two parts? How do you improve the definition of workflow and how do you do the active management of work? Yep. Well, I mean, yeah, so we, we can leave it at that because, I mean, I think this, this hopefully will set us up nicely into more inept and inapt conversations uh for for next week so um i was trying to think i don't know is there is there a teaser that we can we can throw out for inept and inaptness is there is there a, in you know in our presentation that we did five you know where we, you know that we put together five minutes before we actually were supposed you mean, to go on you mean the two-hour workshop we put together? <laughs> <laughs> in in five minutes well, uh, we, 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 we talked about, I think we yeah. talked about football and we talked about basketball. Oh, yeah, we already talked about Will Chamberlain, didn't we? Because Will yeah, Chamberlain, I think, is a, kind of the classic inept and inept. Yeah. So maybe that's it. If you, if you, if you 
go find the the Wilt Chamberlain example because um, we'll we'll, prob we'll probably re revisit that in terms of yeah. um, things to watch out for. You think you may be improving, but you you may not be. You, you and probably aren't. You know how do we how do we separate that signal from the noise? How do we know that we're really really improving? Um, how do we not trust ourselves to behave empirically? Right? It's we say we we're, we say we're empirical. You know, are are we? Predictably irrational. Yeah. Um, so with that, next time I promise, you know, we 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 will join you at a regularly scheduled time. Whiskey in hand, you know, much less sober, hopefully much more drunk. Um, I don't know. Much Do you have anything? Enjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any anything to say to to, to wrap us up before we? Uh, nope. That that go? that is it. I think I think uh, uh, again, this is this is an example of an experiment. The experiment, I believe, is failing. Yep. Um, we we need whiskey. We definitely need whiskey. Okay. So we 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 may bend this one and uh, try try it again with a couple of drinks. So until then, uh, my name is, is Daniel Vacanti, again with me, Pratik Singh, and uh, we will see you much drunker in the next episode. Have a good night, everybody.